0: Today's episode of Locked On Eagles is brought to you by RockAuto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit RockAuto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. You are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. It's the Locked On Eagles podcast, as always, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day, Louis DiBiase joining you on this Thursday edition of the show. Guys, it's episode number four of five downloaded into your phone. When you subscribe to the podcast, wherever you get your shows, it can be Google Podcasts, Apple, the Odyssey app, Stitcher, Spotify. We are available on all platforms daily, Monday through Friday. We are your only daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, so be sure to subscribe for five episodes a week. And then I'm always heading to Twitter right after the show to talk with you guys. We only have one week until the 2021 NFL draft so i'm gonna be living on twitter for the next seven days as i'm sure you guys are as well hit us up at lockdown birds at dbc loe my co-host gino camilleri his twitter account is at gc 24 underscore football I know you guys live on Twitter too after the show as well talking about the draft it's really cool you guys always send me mock drafts and I love it just so you guys know I really appreciate it and love that after you guys listen to the show you're inspired to do some of your own and then you send it over and it's kind of funny I can tell I know when my followers are listening to the podcast because I can see it in their mock drafts like that's how I know you guys are real ones and that you guys are kind of in the same boat with Gino and I because I look at the mock drafts and there's a lot of my guys from Gino and myself in your guys' mock drafts. I hope we're not talking you too much into these prospects because we are very hit and miss, as most people are, though, for the draft. But it is really cool to see you guys sending in mock drafts and kind of seeing that we all have pretty similar interest in a lot of these prospects. Let's hope the Eagles do as well. Next week, because overall, I think we've done a pretty good job in our mock draft Mondays. This past Monday, we spiced it up. We did a my guy mock draft. Me and Gino both did seven round mock drafts separately, where we took in each round a guy that we're pounding the table for as prospects on offense and defense. So again, you can find that show from Monday. You can find locked on Jalen Hurts. We dove deep into the Eagles QB one on yesterday's edition of the show. And then on Tuesday, we had some fun. We did some Eagles draft trivia. So again, you can find those three shows downloaded into your phone on any platform. And then we've got today's show as well as tomorrow's. It's not mock draft Monday, but I thought today I'd spice it up again with another mock draft in segment two but it's a mock draft that you probably won't like, and I did that on purpose. So normally on Mock Draft Monday, we're trying to construct the best seven-round mock draft we can, and we're taking my guys this week, and then the one time we had mock versus mock where I'm trying to do a better job than Gino, right? We have separate mock drafts. Today, in segment two, I went through the Draft Network's Mock Draft Simulator before the show, rounds one through four, so I did five picks for the Eagles. Obviously, they have a first-round pick, they have a second, 12th overall, and 37th. They have two third-round picks, number 70 and number 84, and then I also used their fourth-round pick as well. I did... Four rounds, five-pick mock draft in segment two, but it's the disaster scenario mock draft. So it's the worst first five picks, at least from my perspective, that the Eagles could make. And of course, though, it still has to be realistic, right? So obviously the worst would be taking a, you know... Um, a linebacker, then a running back, and then an interior offensive lineman, and then a defensive tackle, right? Like they can take all those positions, but I still tried to make it as realistic as possible. Like players, they would actually take in each round that make the most sense. I didn't just take five defensive tackles in a row, but I did try to construct the most realistic and yet the least ideal first five picks that the Eagles could make that were all kind of fearing they could start making next Thursday through Saturday at the start of the 2021 NFL Draft. So that's coming up in segment two of this Thursday edition of Locked On Eagles. And guys, today's show is sponsored by rockauto.com. One reason to repair and to maintain your car is to save money that you can then use for other important things, adult things, right? Like the mortgage or food, or for me, again, it's splurging on sour beer purchases, like a good warhead sour costs like eight bucks a can, but God damn it, do I love it. Or like vintage Eagle stuff on eBay. Anyway, whatever you choose to do with your money, save it by repairing your car, right? Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store that you go to or a new car dealership? Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and the do-it-yourselfers out there while rock RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody, including you, and they're always reliably low. They're a family business that's been serving auto part customers online for 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Make sure you go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck. Write down locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. All right, Eagles fans, welcome back into this Thursday edition of your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. It's locked on Eagles. As I teased in segment one, I got into a disaster scenario mock draft for the Birds. We went through rounds one through four that I'm going to get into here in segment two. And guys, after the show, be sure to check out the rest of the Locked On Podcast Network as you get ready for the NFL Draft, which is in just seven days. This year, the Locked On Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Drafts live. Get insight and analysis from Locked On local experts and the Draft Network's national experts. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube page to watch live three-day coverage of the NFL Draft April 29th through may 1st and also gino and i will be live with a locked on eagles live show starting at 7 p.m an hour before thursday's first round and then we're going to go live up until the eagles pick at 12 overall or wherever it is 8th overall 20th overall wherever it is me and gino will stay live up until that pick before we then go to record our reaction podcast so that's all coming up for you next week on the Locked On NFL Podcast Network. Let's get into now our disaster scenario mock draft. You're going to hate this one, I think, based on seeing your guys' opinions on Twitter and in our reviews um, and in emails as well. I think you guys are all on the same page when it comes to what positions you want. You guys have a good understanding of value and what this team needs, both short-term and long-term, and also the prospects, how deep or thin classes are in the 2021 draft. So I think you're not going to like this mock draft. I was cringing doing it the entire time. So let's get into my first couple picks. So at number 12 overall, we've said to death, we want Devontae Smith, we want Jalen Waddell, we want Patrick Sertain, we want J.C. Horn, right? We want one of those corners or receivers to fall to 12 or move up and go get one. Or if you're sitting at 12 and none of those four guys are there, move down, go get then a Rashad Bateman, come back into the the first round and take Greg Newsom or Asante Samuel, right? Receiver corner, that is the focus. However, here's a scenario that to me is the least ideal that I think is still realistic. So at number 12 overall, let's say those four guys aren't there. The Eagles choose not to trade up, but they also choose not to trade down, and they select with the 12th overall pick, Michigan defensive end Quiddy Pay. By the way, I've been saying his name, Quiddy Pae, for the last two months, and I do apologize for that. I started watching some film on him yesterday to really get a grasp of this prospect and kept hearing Quiddy Pay. So it's not Quiddy I do apologize for that. But I have him going to the Eagles here at number 12, and it sounds like when people say the one pick they really don't want to have happen the most, Quiddy Pae really does come up more than any name, even more than, I think Rashawn Slater's up there too, just because, look, linemen are just not sexy picks, right? And when you're a team like the Eagles and you desperately need receiver and corner, flashy positions, right, that you like watching those prospects, and if you don't take one, it's going to be disappointing. We all know how important offensive line is, defensive line, but, and look, if you didn't have receiver needs, if you didn't have cornerback needs, and they took a lineman, we wouldn't bat an eye, right? We normally never would because we all know the importance of it. Even in 2019, I wanted Josh Jacobs, but they took Andre Dillard. They moved up for him. You understand it, but at the same time, you don't love it, especially when you have more pieces at those positions right now on your roster and you have pretty big, dire needs at other positions that are more flashy. So all of that combined leads you to be I think somewhat disappointed, even though you could use an edge rusher. Brandon Graham's in his 30s. Derek Barnett's on a one-year deal worth $10 million, that fifth-year option. Even though you could use offensive linemen, right? There's no guarantee on what Jordan Maialata is. There's no guarantee of what Andre Dillard is. Jason Kelsey's going to retire at any moment within a year or two. Brandon Brooks coming off a second Achilles injury in three years. Lane Johnson coming off yet another serious ankle injury. So there's a lot of potential holes on the offensive and defensive line, but there's also scenarios where there's no holes at all for the next couple years. Whereas receiver and corner, you know you really need help there desperately right now and long-term. There are some pieces there, but cornerback, there's nothing other than Darius Slay and that receiver. The only one that I'm very optimistic can become a long-term starter is Jalen Rager, and even that, I mean, you're off to a bad start with that 2020 rookie season so all of that combined leads to me being disappointed if you take quitty pay at number 12 and not just all of that but also just value wise i think that would be a reach i don't think quitty pay or any edge rusher this year is worth the 12 overall pick i just don't like the class really that much i would like quitty pay if the eagles are picking where they normally do in the 20s but at 12 you need a top tier prospect in my opinion and i don't think quitty pay is that guy But I do think the Eagles would like him because, much like Brandon Graham, he's great against the run. And, of course, they're both Michigan guys, so the comparison's kind of a natural fit. Pay, very good against the run, much like Brandon Graham is. At the same time, like BG, he also played a lot inside. The Eagles love to have that versatile defensive lineman that can play on the edge and inside, right? Brandon Graham, Michael Bennett, Vinny Curry did it as well. They like that versatility of a guy that can play both inside and out. So Quiddy Pay, he has those traits that are similar to Brandon Graham. And he's also, you know, he's got good size. He's 6'4", 275. He's got pretty good length. But I just see Derek Barnett again when I see Quiddy Pay, right? But that's what the Eagles kind of like. They might be okay with not having a pass rusher that gets you 10-plus sacks a year. They seem more okay with having guys that get to the quarterback consistently with pressures, but they don't always finish. It's kind of crazy, but this is a true stat. The Eagles only have four defensive ends or pass rushers in general that have had 10-plus sacks since 2011. And that's a really surprising stat considering how good this pass rush normally is. But it's true. Since 2011, there's only been four guys that have had 10-plus sacks. And two of them were in 2011. It was Jason Babin and Trent Cole. Then it was Connor Barwin in 2014. And then Fletcher Cox in 2018. So this team doesn't normally get guys with 10 plus sacks. And that's what I think Quiddy Pay will be. I think he's a guy that if you need six and a half sacks, I'll get you six and a half sacks. If you need 11 sacks, I'm going to get you six and a half to seven sacks. I just think that's who he's going to be. But the Eagles are kind of okay with that kind of defensive player. So I'm nervous that with his versatility and with his good prowess against the run, that they might take him at number 12. And that to me is the least ideal because... There's just not really a high ceiling there for me. I don't think edge rusher is a dire need right now. I don't love the class, and I do love the class at the other positions. So I'd even rather have Rashawn Slater than Pay because even Slater, at least, you know long-term, there's going to be a fit for him somewhere, whether it's at guard when you move, say, a Malu inside to center, whether it's because Mayalata and or Dillard don't work out, or if you take Slater, you can put him at left tackle and trade one of those guys. Or maybe you trade Brandon Brooks, as the rumors were earlier this offseason, and Slater plays right guard, or he plays right tackle eventually for Lane Johnson. There's at least a path there long-term, and I think he has a high ceiling, whereas Quiddy Pay, I just think, is going to be another Derek Barnett kind of guy where you know he's always going to be a consistent starter, but you might be always looking for a replacement and upgrade, and to me, that's not worth the 12th overall pick. With my second round pick, I went with cornerback, right, because... Again, this is a disaster scenario mock draft, but it still has to be realistic. The Eagles are going to take a corner with one of their first two picks. I think receiver is almost as big a need, but if you had to ask me between those two positions... If they don't take one of them until the third round, which one it would be? I would say it's receiver. Because of Nick Sirianni's track record of developing receivers, because of the young pieces you have in Jalen Rager, Travis Fulgham, Quez Watkins, John Hightower, I think they could afford or reasonably explain that they could wait at receiver more than corner. Because corner outside of Darius Slay, again, you have absolutely nothing. To me, Avante Maddox counts as nothing right now. I think he's shown you he can't really be a long-term building block. He hasn't been that since 2018. And so they're going to take a corner with one of these first two picks. But this is kind of part of the disaster scenario portion of the mock draft because the guy they get, they have to wait to 37 by not trading up for a JC Horn or trading down and grabbing, you know, Greg Newsome or Asante Samuel or coming back into the first round. They sit at 37 and they take somebody in Eric Stokes from Georgia that I don't love. I do like him. I love his length. I think he's pretty good in press man coverage. But at the same time, he kind of gives me Razul Douglas vibes with worse ball skills. And so I think Eric Stokes is a better prospect than Zul coming out. But that's the kind of style of player I see. And I just the other cornerbacks that could be available at the end of the first round, I want a guy that can thrive in space and can kind of stick with anybody. And I watch Eric Stokes and I think, if he doesn't jam the guy at the line of scrimmage, if he doesn't get his hands on him early and he's playing off coverage or, you know, man coverage, tight man coverage, but he's not pressing, right? It's kind of like that rover, he's shadowing him. You know, Jim Schwartz did that all the time where, you know, they would have Razul Douglas up at the line of scrimmage, right? But they wouldn't let him jam Amari Cooper. They would just, he would, you know, shadow him in man coverage still though, but he didn't get his hands on him. So Amari Cooper opens him up. I just wonder in that kind of setting if Eric Stokes can thrive. I thought his tape was pretty impressive. Again, love his length, his physicality. I think he's got good ball skills, but again, it's like, can he be a CB1? I think a CB2 opposite Darius Slay definitely would work, but is he a long-term CB1? I think of those prospects at the end of round one, the beginning of round two, I think he might be my least favorite. So they're going to take a corner, but I think Eric Stokes would be the one I'm if you will least uh, stoked about, I'll take a five minute penalty now for that pun. But anyway, quitty Pay from Michigan at pick twelve, and then Eric Stokes, the cornerback out of Georgia at pick thirty-seven. In this, what I'll call a less than ideal mock draft first four rounds for the philadelphia eagles we'll get into my final three picks rounds three through four coming up next right here on locked on eagles and guys today's show is sponsored by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action football might be over but the nba you got the nhl all in full swing and you can bet on draft props right how many prospects of certain positions are going to go in the draft over under for where a prospect could get picked, right? You can bet on who's the favorite to go to the Eagles at 12. It's all available on Bet Online, which also covers awards. You can also bet on TV shows and reality TV, real time updated odds and props. On almost anything you can imagine, head over to the website or use your mobile device and sign up today, receiving a 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code That's LockedOn. That's L O C K E D O N for a 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. But online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Eagles fans, welcome back to segment three of this Thursday edition of Locked on Eagles. I'm getting into what I initially started calling a disaster mock draft for the Eagles, but I would call it more less than ideal. And I started that off with Quiddy Pay, the edge rusher of Michigan, going at number 12 overall. And then I had Eric Stokes at pick 37. He is the cornerback out of Georgia. I like Tyson Campbell. There's two Georgia cornerbacks that are going to go in the second round, I think or second and third round, and it's Eric Stokes and Tyson Campbell. If I had to choose one, I like Tyson Campbell. I've kind of noticed you like one Georgia cornerback or you like the other, and I'm a big Tyson Campbell guy. But I took Quiddy Pay at 12, and then Eric Stokes at 37. I think low-ceiling edge rusher, low-ceiling cornerback, not really my favorite start to this draft, right? And then that kind of continues. The theme for my less than ideal mock draft is kind of, as you're going to notice here with this next pick at 70, is high floor, or maybe a decent floor, low ceiling player. That maybe isn't going to develop into a great prospect. He could be good, but will he be a great focal point? Not so sure about that. That's also the same here with this pick at number 70. The Eagles waited to take receiver until 70, and they go with USC receiver, Amon, Ra, St. Brown. I like St. Brown. Like, again, don't get me wrong. This is going to be, I think, a very reliable wide receiver two, wide receiver three. He does a lot of things really good, but I watch the tape and I don't... Again, I'm I'm just looking for greatness maybe too much. And maybe that's my own flaw in my evaluation process. But I look at Amon, Ra, St. Brown and I'm like, okay, he can separate pretty well against press man coverage, against off coverage. He's got really good hands. He's aggressive, physical. He can high point the football. He's big. Um, he actually gets downfield and makes a lot of plays vertically. He's not terrible, run after the catch. You can play him at the X, the Y, or the Z, honestly. I would say more X or in the slot, right? A big slot, but nothing pops. He doesn't make a lot of jaw-dropping plays. A lot of There's not a lot of greatness in him, and maybe you don't need that, If Jalen Rager has that greatness and he emerges as your wide receiver one, you might only need Amon Ross St. Brown to be your solid wide receiver two. Your Jordan Matthews. Look, again, with Jordan Matthews, if you would have had the Jordan Matthews of 2014, perfect. That was awesome. I loved Jordan Matthews as a rookie in 2014. He did exactly what you needed. He was an awesome, big slot wide receiver two, while Jeremy Macklin was your top wide receiver one. But then when they asked Jordan Matthews to be wide receiver one in 2015 and in 2016, that was the issue for me because he's not, he doesn't do enough well or great to be a wide receiver one. He was a perfect two to Macklin, but then he wasn't great at one. So if Amon Ross St. Brown is your two, then that's fine. I think he can be that guy for you, especially when you have a tight end like Dallas Goddard, who will honestly more likely be your two. But to me, I'm not confident enough yet in Jalen Rager being that one to take somebody like Amon Ross St. Brown as my insurance. I think Jalen Rager right now more so seems like the guy that's going to be your wide receiver two, and I'm looking still for my wide receiver one. So if you take Amon Ross St. Brown, that to me shows that you're still confident in Rager being your top receiver because while St. Brown, I think again, has that floor to be a consistent starter. Is he the guy you want at the X spot that's playing consistently more against press coverage? I'm not so sure about that. Does he have good play in him? Yes. But is he great? Don't know. And obviously that's why he's a third round pick. But if this is the first guy you get at receiver, I'm going to be looking still for an upgrade through then somewhere else, a trade or Jalen Rager stepping up and really being the guy. So 70, Amon Ross, St. Brown of USC. And then I wrap up this mock draft in round three and four at 84 and 123 with interior offensive lineman, Josh Myers of Ohio state. And then Ramondre Stevenson, the running back of Oklahoma. And again, it's not that I'm not taking lineman and saying, oh, you again, I know the Eagles won a championship, a huge part because of pass rush and because of elite offensive line play. If you don't have building blocks in the trenches and a quarterback, then you're not going to go far. I totally understand that. But I just, again, look at those spots with the Eagles right now, and I still see a lot of pieces, both short-term and long-term, potentially. And then I look at the prospects in this class, and again, I just don't really love it for either position. And so Josh Myers... He's played a lot of center at Ohio State. I mean, he translates as an interior offensive lineman for the Eagles, and that's a position you're going to really need because Jason Kelsey's is going to retire, and whether you want Myers at center or you want him at guard with Sam Malu playing center, that's a position that you're going to need. However, I just look at a guy like Myers. He does fit a need. I think the Eagles would like him, but he doesn't. I'm so, I guess, pampered and spoiled with Jason Kelsey being able to move so well. Laterally, like and up and down the field, side to side, the second and third level against the run, that Myers really doesn't translate in that area. And so maybe it's just that, again, I'm spoiled in what I want in a center, but I feel like Josh Myers is really good value here, and the Eagles could consider taking him. But at the same time, again, I don't know if he's the kind of center that I'm looking for at least. Not sure if the Eagles are looking for that kind of guy still. they, But they've had a certain type of player now that I like at least on the interior and then Ramondre Stevenson the running back of Oklahoma look very powerful running back like he would fit perfectly as that RB2 your LeGarrette Blunt, Jay Ajayi style of player Miles Sanders is your do-it-all you know weapon back there that keeps hitting 70 plus yard touchdown runs and is was a deep threat as a receiver as a rookie and I think we'll bounce back this year in year three as a receiver so he's your three down back What do you need behind him? You need some power, right? You need some oomph. In the red zone and in short yardage situations, you brought back Jordan Howard, but I think Stevenson could be good insurance. But again, just not really a flashy pick. I think that's why this mock draft for me is less than ideal because it's all very solid, but none of it's really flashy to me. With the Eagles right now, with the position they're in rebuilding, I think they need to go for broke and they need to find long-term building blocks. In in 2017, 2018, 2019, even last year in 2020, you could get away with finding guys that produced in college, right? That have a high floor because you're going to want those guys to contribute right away, right? They were kind of like complements to a core you already had, but now you don't have a lot of long term pieces on either side of the ball, so you need to try with these drafts to go continue to go for upside. And how he took this step by going for a lot of upside last year, and you're going to miss more when you're going for high ceiling, low floor guys. But at the same time, you got to get those players because you need long-term core pieces on this team. You don't need just role players. You, you're going to need role players because you really don't have that either right now long-term. So you just need good ball players. But I'm looking for long-term pieces. And so I want to say, I want to look at this prospect and say, can I see this guy being a star for me for, and this is more so talking about the first two rounds. Is this guy going to be a star for me for, you know, two plus contracts? That's the thing. Third, fourth, fifth round, okay, then it's a different story. You're looking more for just starters, but I think that's why this mock draft isn't. Great because there's none of these guys. I'm saying now that's a star in the making. That's a dude long term that you're going to say we don't need a receiver because we have Amon Ross, Saint Brown. We don't need an edge rusher because we have Quiddie Pay. We don't need a running back because we have Ramondre Stevenson. So that's why I kind of constructed that mock draft as I would say less than ideal. All right, everybody, Louis Dibiase signing off this Locked On Eagles podcast. Has been brought to you by the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, presented by us at Lockdown and Odyssey, April 19th through the 26th. We are doing our Ultimate Mock Draft, with local experts for every team, including me and Gino, making our picks. And then analysis comes from NFL experts like Michael Irvin, Jason Lockenfora and Brian Baldinger. It's available wherever you get your podcast. Just search The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021. Be sure to hit us up on Twitter. Let us know what you thought of the mock draft at Lockdown Birds at DBIASI. L O E for myself, Lou DiBiase signing off. This has been your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast locked on Eagles. As always, thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening and let's go birds.